Hello and welcome back to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Fullamore and I am joined by, firstly, Micah Chudley. Micah, welcome. Good evening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And also joining us this evening is Lucas Ross. Evening, fellas. Merry Christmas to all our listeners out there, wherever you may be. Lovely. So, uh, following on from last week's episode, uh, where we put together our best QPR 11 from the players that we've seen play, uh, we decided to flip the topic a little bit and go with our worst 11 this week. Now, it goes without saying, there's more players uh, up for grabs on this one, I'd say. We've definitely had more rubbish players than good players. Uh, I seem to remember around the time that we released the special edition shirt, the green and white one. I went to a pre-season friendly game and someone commented that if we went to make a shirt that featured the names of all of our crap players, it wouldn't fit on the shirt, basically. So (laughs) uh, plenty of rubbish footballers to talk about. And I think there's no better week, really, to do this podcast than the week that Jisung Park returns to the club to do some coaching and mm. uh, start a career elsewhere. Um, mm. So let's just run through the rules again. They're similar to last week. Um, a player can only be suggested if you saw them play. One suggestion per person, per position. That went out the window like after five seconds last week. So let's try and keep <laughs> that one going a little bit longer this time. Or we don't mind. It doesn't really matter. Um, each suggestion must come with an explanation a player can only be suggested if you truly believe he was the worst at QPR. A player cannot be suggested based off of his time after leaving or joining the club. And in the event of a tie, which is going to happen throughout here, it, I get the deciding vote. The formation we've gone with this week is 4-4-2. So who wants to start with the goalkeeper? I think I shall have gone in. Um, this one, it's pretty obvious. Um for, for me, at least, it's pretty obvious. For you two folks, it might stare a little bit of controversy in the face. It is none other than a lad who grew up near me, actually. It is Mr. Matty Ingram. Um, I think um, he, ne- he never filled me with confidence whenever I saw him playing. I think, especially towards the tail end of the 17-18 season when our players were on the beach, if you like. We drafted Ingram in goal for a couple of games and it was just a car crash decision. He, kept, he, he played against Preston, I think it was. Nearly got himself sent off and dropped a few clangers. Brentford tried to get himself sent off again and went off concussed. Then he started the next season. Um, we lost to Preston, Sheffield United. Then he conceded seven at West Brom um, and a further three at Bristol City. Um and he deserved, and he deservedly got dropped, and only played twice, and then played three times more twice against early opposition. Anyway, so for me, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. Matt Ingram, sorry. No, yeah, I think that's a valid uh, suggestion, Micah. Who did you go with? Unfortunately for Matt Ingram, I've also got him in goal as well. Um, and honestly, for all of those reasons that Lucas just listed, the seven-one against West Brom has never left my psyche, unfortunately. So um, it's two out of three for my Ingram so far, unfortunately for him. Well, Matty will be really disappointed, but he's also down as one of my picks. I also had to say <laughs> oh, honourable no. mention, Julio Zazar. Um, obviously comes in with a big reputation, much the same as a few other players I'm sure we're going to discuss. Uh, and never really lived up to it. But if you're going off pure who was worse, I think it, unfortunately, it was Ingram. It was probably just out of his depth, wasn't he? Like, we'd taken a punt on a player from the lower leagues, and he's out of his depth. We tried. I don't think it helps that he had to play in some poor sides as well at a time when we're trying to do something a bit different to what the side's actually capable of doing as well. You know, so he's having to uh, do a lot of passing out the back with the McLaren and the Warburton style of play. Now, obviously, with Senny, we're a bit more comfortable there. But Matt Ingram was a bit of a disaster signing. And 
you know, you, you never feel. I, I, I think he's probably the one player on the in this team that um, I'll actually have a bit of sympathy for because he wasn't a mercenary. He came. He was just a lower league player that got a chance, took it. Why wouldn't you take the chance? And he just wasn't quite up to scratch for us. Do you guys agree? That's fair enough, definitely. <clears throat> I never got the sense that he he wasn't trying or that, you know, he was just here for the money. I think it was just a case of starting his depth, you know. Yeah. Okay, so Micah, let's... Uh, we won't go to right back straight away. I think that's an easy one. We'll start in the left <laughs> this time. Um, who, who's your yeah, pick left, left back? So I left back. I have gone with a loan signing. Um, he was there for the 2013-14 season. Um, uh, Benoit Suokoto, um, who at the start of that season was sort of playing week in, week out and was eventually kind of uh, replaced by Jan in the team, um, who actually, I believe he was our left back last week, wasn't he? He was, yeah. So that's a bit of poetic justice. I've gone with Ben Asukoto. He was one of them who just did not look like he wanted to be there. Uh, one of Harry's mates that he'd brought into the club on loan from Spurs, probably on a ridiculous wage. Um, just wasn't very good at championship level. Not a good player. Yeah. I mean, you know, say what you want. He was playing Champions League football at one point in his career, wasn't he? With Tottenham. Somehow. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But he definitely didn't look like it when he was playing for us. So yeah, he's definitely uh, a worthy suggestion. Lucas, do you agree, or have you got another suggestion instead? Uh, I've got another suggestion. Um, we we, are, we went down with this left back. Obviously, it's not Young Suk Young because that would be plain rude putting him in after last week. It has to be Fabio Silva. The bloke never filled me with confidence. Um, my my little eight year old self, he never filled me with confidence, and um, <laughs> he was he, he was probably on like Ben Watto Costa was a ludicrous wage, coming from one of the biggest clubs in the country. Um, no, the big coming from the biggest club in the country, in my opinion. And yeah, it, it just has to be. I'm sorry. That's a good shout. I didn't think of him. That's a yeah. good shout. I mean, the only ever left back that I've got down here is Paul Konchesky. I think we've mentioned him either oh. last week or the week before. Oh, he was awful. He's another um, one that played Champions League football as well. That's still rubbish. But well, I Europa think... League, sorry. That was a, when, who, who did he play for in Europe? Fulham and Liverpool, I think. So that would have been a lot earlier in his career. Yeah, yeah. He was much younger. Yeah. That's the thing with Asuncato. probably wasn't that... Um, it wasn't sort of like I wouldn't say recent, but what what, what year did Tottenham make it into the Champions League? It was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. Only I think a year before he came to us, or two was years it? before he came to us. I'm oh right, because yeah. obviously Harry left he, after he didn't yeah. get an England job in twenty twelve. Yeah. That makes more sense. So yeah, that's right. I think that's kind of more damning for. Uh, Asuakoto, that you know, he didn't. I mean, whether it was he just didn't bother, but he certainly looked woeful uh, in the second division. Konchesky, obviously, at the end of his career, did you ever feel like he was just there for the money, phoning it in at all? I wouldn't have said that. I think he was just past it, to be honest. I, I do think there was, I did think he doesn't see, he never really seemed like the type that was. A mercenary. I just think he was past it. And I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that sort of makes a bit more sense with him because we can't. I think. Well, it was a weird season, wasn't it? But I don't think we were sort of really splashing out too much. Um, Fabio is an interesting one, as you said, Lucas, coming from a massive club, um, and obviously he he won. He must have won the Premier League. Or more <laughs> see like all these signings eventually when you look at them sort of they should have been if they had had the better attitude we might have had a decent side because you know like you've got a lot of experience there but it is a lot of players that are just just can't be asked um probably why they came to us really yeah 
I think I'm going to go with Astro Cotto. I, he just sticks out in the mind a bit more about being rubbish. Maybe it's a haircut. I don't know. Um, Lucas, <laughs> do you want to start us off with your two centre backs, please? Or um, I think one. I think these are both quite obvious. I think they actually played together at one point. Um, I think it has to be. When I was speaking to my dad about the side earlier, my dad described this man as having banana skin on the underside of his boots. Um, had had a fluke start to the eighteen nineteen season alongside Tony Lyson. That has to be Joel Lynch. I'm sorry, it just has to be. He was so, so dodgy, so error-prone as well. I just can't pick anyone else, I'm sorry. And with the other centre-back, um, it wasn't it as wasn't such he was rubbish. It was the stats behind it which mortified me. And this is Alex Baptiste, because in the 1890s, whenever we played him in the league, we lost. Um, and it was, it was a dodgy centre-back as well. Played under Ian Holloway at Blackpool, I think, and... Yeah, just just didn't work out for either of them. You know what? I think that's harsh on Alex Baptiste. I can see why you would have him in, but I certainly think there's two, possibly three worst players in him. Lynch, I think, might be a nailed on uh, left centre back role here because he was. Uh, th- this is his annual leave period, isn't it? This time of year. Disappears for a couple of months, has Christmas off, has a mystery injury, comes back and cocks up your rest of the season. Uh, Micah, your two centre backs, please. Uh, me and Lucas are in agreement again. I picked Joel Lynch um, among the obvious reasons that he'd skipped Christmas and the end of the season. It's not a good centre back. Um, I think. As well, he's now at Sunderland, I believe, or he was at Sunderland. He was, but I, saw... I think he's moved on from there. He's yeah. moved on. I saw a tweet yeah. uh, a few weeks ago that I sent to uh, Louis that runs the Our Generation Twitter page, um, where <clears throat> the fans of his current club are complaining about him as well. So uh, it's safe to say that Joel Lynch hasn't only terrorised QBI, he seems to be doing that wherever he goes. Uh, my other centre-back... There's a bit of a throwback to my earlier days, young Michael watching QPR, is Zeshan Raymond. Um, Zeshan Raymond was the only centre-back I think I've ever watched that wasn't good at anything that you want a centre-back to do. Like, I mean, like, take Grant Hall. Grant Hall wasn't the best, like, tackler, but he was good with his feet and he had a good header. Or you take somebody like, I don't know, you take Casper's Gorks, not the best with his feet, great tackler, great in the air. I actually don't know what Zeshan Raymond was good at. I just I just don't have a clue. The guy just was there with a bold head every week. And he came from Fulham as well. He came from a Premier League team at the time. And I remember thinking, I didn't know too much about football because I was like eight. But I remember thinking, oh, we've just signed somebody from the Premier League at the time. He never did that at QPR. So I was thinking, oh, he's going to be brilliant. Just rubbish. It was just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. He sticks out on my mind like 14 years later. That's how bad he is. So, um... I am going to go with Zeshan Raymond. Now, I've heard of him, and I probably did watch him when I was younger, but, you know, being uh, a child at the time, I can't really remember him. But I know that uh, Clive from Loft for Words has named him as one of the worst players he's ever seen um, himself. So that certainly gives your suggestion some credibility, Micah. I'm glad me and Clive agree. Um, some other honourable mentions I thought uh, Stephen Corker I was so excited when he signed because I thought he should have been a top talent but obviously had a lot of problems off the pitch and on the pitch as well one of the things my my dad used to hate about him is that he would kind of like Dickie does it a bit but Dickie does it much better he would take the ball and just run with it and end up like in next to Charlie Austin for some reason and then just stay there would never get back so then you're like already in a team lacking discipline who's complete which is completely out of control Stephen just sort of decides he's going on an adventure and charges up the pitch and it's just like <laughs> really like do we have to be doing that where you're there to defend we are so rubbish anyway uh, you ju- can you just do your job uh, the other one Chris Samba 
came in oh, January. Oh, hell of a lot of money. Massive transfer fee. Stuck around for a bit. Uh, another thing that I remember my dad saying at the time, I think it was our, he had, it was his first game. We had a corner and we saw him sort of saunter into the box. He was massive. He was absolutely huge. My dad, t- my dad turned around and said to me, I don't know if he's going to be any good, but at least at some point he's going to score a corner for us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, he never scored. And never last, scored. Uh, Rio Ferdinand. He was, I know he's going through a difficult time, but he's spoken since about, he never just, the, the way he spoke about the club, he just didn't respect us, didn't respect what we were trying to do. He just came for us paycheck before he retired. Yeah. And he admitted that, didn't he, in an interview? I've got a bit of sympathy for it, not just because of his wife, but I do feel like he was signed kind of under the pretense that he'd be in a back three and that like Kulka and Anua would be doing his running for him and he could just sort of sweep up and pass the ball. And within about two games, that just went out the window. And then you're asking like a 35-year-old who's lost all his pace to be in a back four alongside Richard Dunn, who also has lost his pace as well. I do have a bit of sympathy for him in that regard. I, I do think it was just bad management. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Lucas, I I'm going to discount Alex Batista. I think he's another player who had sort of limited quality and just at the end of his career was given a chance. Um, I don't think he was... Per- I don't think... I don't know. Maybe you could blame him for individual errors in the games. I can't quite remember each one. But I never thought that he was... I just thought he was he was past it, basically, rather than being of low quality. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Micah's suggestion purely well not purely because of Clive but you know I've heard about how bad this guy was so we'll go with him Um, Lucas I'm going to give you an open goal here do you want to discuss the right back (laughs) one word is that even a question he refused to play for us. Um, came from Champions, Champions League winning side, mind you. Got sent off at our place the season before. Um, and, and yet, he, he epitomised everything bad about the club. Laugh when we went down, when um, he, he didn't respect the mood of the club. He, he just respected nothing about the club. He just went in for a fat paycheck and then just, then just buggered off after a season. Easy, easy, easy. Michael, I'm sure you're going to agree with this one. Yeah, it's tough to find the worst footballer in the history of QPR, to be honest. Uh, I think the only question mark I have around Jose Bosingo is how on earth did we convince somebody to take him off our hands a year later? I've not got a clue. Um, but yeah, I think he is in the all of shame QPR footballers, for sure. So congrats to you, Jose. Did he go to Turkey after us? Or am I just making that up? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, he went to Wikipedia page. Okay. He was at Traps on the years and then retired. Right. I mean, the one that sticks out for me is after we got relegated, Reading away, I think it was. He walked off the pitch laughing and joking. You know, he never could. He never cared, did he? Like, it's just another awful signing in an awful area of the club. So that is a incredibly shaky back line full of, well, on on both flanks, you've got people that couldn't give a hoot. You've got a goalkeeper that's of really low quality, similar to the centre-backs in front of him. Uh, and halfway through the season, one of those centre-backs is going to go away for a holiday. So <laughs> that, how many goals do you reckon that defence would ship any game on average against, say, like Fulham, the current Fulham side? It's 8 0 Fulham, I'm saying. It's, it's got to be set. It's got to be like a cricket, cricket rugby score here. It's going to be absolutely hideous. You've got a keeper in there that's already conceded seven in his career before, alongside possibly the worst back line ever seen. Double figures, maybe. 
that's being generous. I mean, like it's going to get to a point where even their low levels of effort are also going to drop off after they just get demoralised <laughs> after Mitrovic is like smacking his sixth goal in. So, like, oh my god, uh, yeah. Um, let's move on to another position that we are blessed with in poor quality. I couldn't once I started writing down names, I couldn't stop. Um, so Micah, you can go first for this one. Sorry, what position are we doing? Oh, sorry, centre mid. I should have said that, shouldn't I? Centre mid. So the two centre mids I've gone with, I'm going to have to get my phone out because I've forgotten who I've wrote down. So I have gone with, the first centre mid that I've gone with is a player who also came from Tottenham, who I thought, when we signed him, I thought, what a coup this is. I cannot believe we've signed this guy. And within about three games, I was like, I cannot believe we've signed this guy, but for the wrong reasons. And that is uh, Sandro, Brazilian Sandro. Um, just awful, uh, just really bad. Um, I think I watched his debut away at Southampton. Um, um, I had two takeaways from that game. One of the takeaways I had is that I realised that Sadio Mane was an excellent, excellent player. And I think the other takeaway for me was that Sandro was just awful. And it wasn't awful like, oh, like... <clears throat> He's he's like he he's passed it or oh he's not trying. The guy is genuinely just terrible, like genuinely bad. Like I don't think he completed a single pass. Um, definitely didn't complete a tackle. Um, I think he got booked after like five minutes. He's just rubbish, just rubbish. I ain't got enough words for him. He's a terrible footballer, and he's still playing. He's still playing somewhere in Brazil. Um, God knows who took him, but good luck to them. And the other sentiment I had is a bit more recent, and he's so bad that when I brought him up to my dad, my dad had forgotten that he even played for us. Uh, Sean Goss, who had our number 10 shirt, the iconic number 10 shirt, for a very brief period for some reason. Um, One of those guys that, just from watching him, I just felt like he thought he was better than he was. He kind of just strolled around the pitch like, ah, I was captain of Man United under 23s. Like, I'm too good for this league. And the actual reality of the situation is that he might not even have been League Two quality. Um, don't know how many times he played for us. I think it's only like 10. He's just so bad. So, so bad. Um, so, yeah, Sandro and Sean Goss are my choices. Yep. Worthy, worthy picks. Lucas, who are you going with? Um... Micah, I think you committed a bit of an unenviable sin here by missing out Mr. Stefan Embiid. Um, he was he was terrible. Oh my god. He 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 didn't get he didn't give a he, he didn't he didn't care. Um he didn't care. Just came in for a fat paycheck and, and it just wasn't pretty, was it? Let's be for real here. <laughs> and for the other central midfielder, I'm going for a bit of a a more advanced, um, bit of a central attacking midfielder, if you like. He's just come back to the club as a coach. It is, of course, Jason Park. Didn't care. Just came for a pay. Just came for a paycheck. Never really played for us either. Didn't score. Got like one assist. Was constantly getting injured. Was handed the captain's armband for God's sake, and, and literally did nothing for the club. So it has to. It has to be the double NBA and Park pivot. I'm just sorry. <laughs> Uh, now these are some really really bad players I mean Jisun Park um, was came to my attention recently that in an interview of Gary Neville uh, Sir Alex said that he wishes that he brought him on at half time to man Mark Messi and bravely said that if he did that then he would have won the Champions League um, which I just think is the most disgraceful thing to ever happen <laughs> I mean, this week we've seen people try to expose a 91-goal season, but that that really takes it for me. Um, I don't know. Jason Park obviously was good enough to play for Man United for a number of years, so this is one of the other players where you look at it on paper and think, God, that's a really good signing, actually. How have we managed to do that? And you, know, you, give, you give him the captain's armband, taking over from Jerry Barton, I assume, at some point. It was season after... Yeah, I, was after, I think Barton had gone to Marseille, hadn't he? 
Yeah. He was out in France doing best impressions of French people. And, you know, like you've got G-Sun Park there, who's literally an underrated sort of cult hero for Man United. And he just phones it in straight away. Or like, did he not have, or is this another one of these sort of players that were inspired just to be better by Alex Ferguson? I don't know. But whatever happened, Mark Hughes certainly couldn't get him playing well enough. Um, And I think for that... He's definitely going in. He, he can't, you come with so much expectation and then like, you drop away. I, I just want to say, potentially the worst thing that uh, came of Jason Park coming to the club is that I remember going to games, there would be so many South Korean fans coming in their South Korea shirts with Park on the back. Mm. I distinctly remember watching Aston Villa at home. We went a goal down. Uh, and then Jisung Park got the ball and there were like three Korean fans sat to the front right of me, got up and started cheering, screaming his name. <laughs> I was like, whatever this is, it needs to stop, right? I can't have this. Like, I can't watch QPR and people are here to support the worst player on the pitch. So Then I, I remember Loft Words had like three million South Koreans per day logging in, asking how's Jisung getting on. I <laughs> That is, uh, I mean, they're, you know, they're passionate. Fair enough. Um, Stefan Biwa, I don't think you'll find a player who can blow hot and cold so quickly. Like At times, he did look good. Um, you know, for example, Wigan, he wins the ball back, passes it through. And I know Loic Remy does a lot in that goal, but Biwa sets it up for him. And then... Only minutes later, he's scything down someone on the edge of the box to give Wigan the chance to go and equalise. Um, an incredibly frustrating player. I wouldn't say he phoned it in. I thought he was probably... I think he tried a bit more. and Because he went on to Seville afterwards and obviously has won European trophies there. Um, I don't think he was using us maybe as a stepping stone, which is fine, but I don't think he was using us purely as a paycheck. I I don't know if this is true, but I think it's come out since that he thought he was signing for Glasgow Rangers, not Queen's Park Rangers. Right. Yeah. So so I'm with you, Alex. I I felt like there was a good player in there, but, you know, the team around him was just so dysfunctional that he was never really so ill-disciplined as well. He was never really going to flourish because I was really excited when we signed him. Mm. Uh, just some other honourable mentions. I met, I said that, you know, once I started, I couldn't really stop. Um, Samba Diakite, Kieran Dyer, Esteban Granero, uh, Jordan Much. Jordan Much is a good shot. Daniel Tozer. I can't let Samba Diakite get in that team. As much as he was chaos personified, I loved him. I loved him to be. I'd have him back today. Lovely, lovely guy. He, he lived near me, did so much um, where I lived, and despite that, he wasn't. He wasn't good. Is that Samba Diakite you're saying there, Lucas? Um, Persia. Oh, Tozer. Yeah. I remember. Uh, the thing is, I thought, again, this was a, like a sort of smart signing because he had gone up with Watford and a few Watford fans have sort of said he was like crucial to them going up and he would played really yeah. well. I was like, right, here we go. Signing players that are like crucial to other teams. This is this is a good signing. And I remember him getting absolutely taken apart by Fulham at home and the whole away end were just shouting tosser the whole game. <laughs> uh, I felt so sorry for him. Um <laughs> And my mate, who was a Fulham fan, came to me like in school afterwards. He said, "Does that happen a lot when he plays? Does uh, the other teams like fans sing that?" I was like, "He doesn't really play that much." But honestly, no, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> but I think the QPR fans might start singing it now. <laughs> um, yeah, um, obviously uh, Sean Goss as well. Uh, this might be a bit unfair, and I thought he, I. He was disappointing more than rubbish. Uh, Jordan Cousins, Sandro, obviously. And then speaking of players that you might have forgotten played for us because they were so bad, uh, Ben Gladwin. Ah, that's my pick for left midfield. Oh, no. no. That's my left midfield pick. Well, I've I've got a few other for left midfield. Don't worry about that. All right. Well, if you want to put Ben Gladwin centre mid, I will support it because I have technically picked him. 
no, I don't think we can look past the disappearing man, Sean Goss. So we'll we'll definitely have him in. Um, yes, Sean Goss and Jason Park in midfield. This team's got a hell of a lot of United in it. We never, ever sign good players from Man United. It's never happened. No, quite right. Uh, yeah. I was going to start listing them, but one of them is my striker suggestion, so I can't. Okay, so having chose Jisung Park and Sean Gagos in the midfield, uh, two players who are masters of the disappearing act, Let's go to the left wing now. I think, or left midfield. The name Ben Gladwin was already brought up once. Micah, do you want to explain your selection? Yeah, so I went with Ben Gladwin along the same kind of reasons as Matt Ingram in that, you know, never got the sense that he wasn't trying or that, you know, he was here for the money. There's more, I think the club kind of went in a bit of a different direction, probably maybe too far in the other direction. He'd had kind of a good spell at Swindon in getting them to the playoffs, but before that wasn't really in the team. And I think we were trying to sort of get him before the price was high. Just didn't work out. Didn't really know what his best position was, hence why, you know, you've had him as a centre midfielder. I've got him as a left midfielder. I don't think any of us really knew where his best position was. I just definitely don't think he was left midfield. Looking at the height Sorry? of him, he was a tall guy, wasn't he? I thought he was much more suited physically to the central midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a shame because, you know, again, somebody that did seem like they wanted to do well for a club just wasn't good enough. So. Yep, fair play. Uh, Lucas, who are you going with? Oh, um... I think this one is pretty obvious here, and I'm slightly mortified he hasn't been mentioned yet. Sean Wright Phillips. He's a right he winger. Not. Oh, um, right winger, well, I'll come to him in that case. Left wing. No, I think... Um, I... So, left wing... So, you cut um, out there. Left wing, I'm going with... Okay, um, left wing, I'm going to go with Abdenasa El Kayati. Um, I think the move was a bit ahead of his time. Doing well for Burton, I think the Burton sort of level. One of Jimmy Floyd's mates brings him along, and he, he has a good debut. But, but after that, he just disappears off the radar. He was really poor, and then gets and is sold in a year. I think that says everything. Yeah, another player that's um, like only made ten appearances for us or something like that, and uh, I'm gonna have to put him in because he was the one that I put down as well. So. Uh, NASA El Kayati in. Uh, you've already mentioned him, Sean Wright Phillips for right wing. Anyone disagree with that? Nope, that was my choice as well. Love it when a plan comes together and we have utterly terrible footballers. Um, I mean, again, this is shocking right side that is Bosingua and Wright Phillips. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a player who. Had a lot of talent, was highly rated at one point, scored a goal for us against Chelsea at Chelsea to win us the game. Didn't celebrate because obviously ex-Chelsea. I mean, like, you know, he never clearly he never won over the fans, regardless of whether you think that Chelsea gave you a start, whatever, you love the club, whatever. Just celebrate and like in that moment where you could become a little bit more light. Just celebrate, and it looked like you were enjoying yourself, but you had to be miserable, didn't you? I think the thing for me as well, obviously he was bad, and it was weird because his first two games, I remember Newcastle was his debut. He played really well. And the second game, I think he was man of the match. I think we beat Wolves 3-0. But I think the thing that sticks out in the mind, for me anyway, is the fact that when we went down, um, he was on like 60 grand a week. Redknapp was like, look, we need you to go. We need you to go on loan. And he was like, nah, I'm not going to get as much money if I go on loan. Mm. And I think that just just kind of epitomises his time at QPR more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that, like sort of players unwilling to disappear. I was seeing on uh, BT Sport, there was a conversation between Joe 
Cole and Jermaine Genus about mercenaries coming into Newcastle this January. Um, and I just thought, like, sort of, I don't know, is satire not dead? Like, Jermaine Genus is sitting there talking about mercenaries <laughs> coming into QPR, and he is saying that that was the problem at the time. It's like, oh, hold on. Like, were you not there for one last paycheck as well? Was Joe Cole not there? You know, Joe Cole as well, like, he did, like, similar things, didn't he? Like, he went, did he go to Liverpool or something like that? Liverpool and then Leo and then West yeah. Ham. and Yeah. Just, you know, sort of irony doesn't mean anything, I guess, does it? Like, it was bizarre. They're both <laughs> sitting there condemning it, even though they've both been guilty of it, it you could argue. Um, so, yeah. SWP for right wing. Um, obviously, like we love, we love Sean's dad, but unfortunately, he's got to be in the side here. Uh, strikers, then. Uh, Lucas, back to you for the striker. Or, um, I think up, one at a time for this one. Is... We'll go for your fe- left or... striker. Let's say. Well, com- com- conversely, both of these strikers are actually right footers. Um, so I think for this one is going to be Connor Washington. Literally the most painful player I think I've seen put on blue and white shirt. He tried, don't get me wrong, but he just didn't know where the back of the net was. Um, and he was just so hopeless in front of a goal. I, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say. Just has to be him. Yeah, and Micah seemed to be nodding along there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he's my choice. Um, <clears throat> just had a quick look at his uh, quick look at his stats before we came on. Thirteen goals in ninety-two games, which is around a goal every seven games or something. So, and my maths might be wrong That's on that, maybe. but either way, it's horrific. <laughs> just yeah. horrific. Yeah, again, a player that I thought, you know, tried, but just wasn't good enough. And unfortunately, um, was kind of a... He's doing... He seems to be doing okay now, doesn't he, for Charlton? I was just watching, like, mm. final yeah. score and stuff like that recently. seen his name pop up with a few goals. But unfortunately, he's a bit of a victim of the way we were trying to go about our business at the time. Sign players from the lower divisions. We spent a decent amount of money on him. And we were trying to sort of, I guess, recoup a bit of that. And no one's coming in for him. So in the end, he leaves for free. And, you know, whilst you've got this player there, you may as well play him, uh, regardless of yeah. how bad he is, because you're still paying his wages at the end of the day. And he's still going to pay, pay his wages if he's playing for the under-23s or whatever. So, you know, he got plenty of opportunities um, and was just frustratingly rubbish, I guess. Um, I've he was a trier, though. I'll give him that. He was a trier. Yeah. Yeah, the pure, he's purely in on quality. He's not in on effort or determination or whatever. And Net could never fault that. Um, last place in the side then. I've got two more suggestions for striker, but uh, Mike, I'll let you carry on. Yeah, there could be one of four or five in here. I'm sure the three of us will probably come up with three different suggestions. But um, I'm going to go from one striker from one of our better eras. And I am going to go with Rob Hulse. Um, Oh, I forgot about Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rob Hulse for me is probably the most disappointed I think I've been with a sign-in for QPR. Alex has got his head in his hands if you're listening to this. He's gutted that he's forgotten about Rob Hulse. Honestly, Alex, probably for the best that you've forgotten about him. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, with Rob Hulse, he came in, he scored quite a few goals. Was it Barnsley he'd been at before? I can't remember. But I just remember thinking, we've got Tarat, we've got Fallin, we've got Derry, we've got this really good back four. I was thinking we're going to go up with like a thousand points. And he was rubbish. He was bad. He was he was the level of bad where it wasn't even like he was missing chances. He wasn't even getting them. And if you're playing in a team with Tarat, Fallin, Wayne Routledge, it's not because the chances aren't being created. Let's put it that way. Mm. So uh, Rob Hulse is my choice. Yeah, I remember um, going away to Scunthorpe 
and he scored the opening goal there. And I remember turning around to my dad when the teams were announced and sort of saying to him, why on earth has he picked Rob Hulse? He doesn't deserve to be in the team. I want I want to see Hyder play. Um, and he, that was dad, his only goal, I think. Yeah, well, he, my dad said, well, maybe he always scores against Scunthorpe. Obviously, he then scores, you think, <laughs> and the, the whole away end is going crazy because, you know, this might be the last days of mankind on earth because Rob Hulse just scored for QPR. May as well enjoy it while you can. Um, and then, obviously, it, it couldn't get much worse from there, could it? 4-1 in the end to Scunthorpe. Even when we're... <laughs> winning the league we still managed to absolutely cock it up against one lower uh one side from the they went down didn't they they did go down you know they they yo-yoed for a few seasons but yeah rob hulse my god what an awful footballer (laughs) he was for us (laughs) and a very 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 valid shout and kind of blown i don't know maybe blown one of mine out of the water maybe not the other one uh but handing over now to lucas for his final suggestion for the starting 11 here um, to put it simply, this man, he, he scores a wonder goal at like 17, 18 and just disappears. It is Mr. Federico Makeda. He, li- he literally just frustrated us, came in on loan for half a season, got injured, played the best part of two or three matches and then didn't play again. I don't, I don't even, I don't even wanted to be with us. I think he was just there and yeah, it was pretty paltry, I must say. Just a Man United curse. That yeah, another my I you know what like I completely three games he played for us in 2012. I've just had to look it up because I completely forgot that he played. He was even like that's how much of an impact he obviously made. Um, yeah, similar. I've gone with another. I've, my last two suggestions were loan players. I don't really remember, but in the January transfer window when we got promoted under Redknapp. He went into the window and signed like three or four oh, key. lone players. So obviously not Kevin Doyle. Kevin was okay. Real keen though. Awful. Yep. But even yeah. worse. Oh no, no, no. Oh god. Debo Maiga. Good lord. My Debo oh. Maiga is one of these footballers where I kind of I look at him and think, how have you got to this level? Who do you you have information on someone? Do you, like, you know, (laughs) do you just have, like, a very wealthy benefactor behind you that's just sort of getting you places? Have you just got an outstanding agent? Because if he does, (laughs) I would quite like his agent to be, you know, get me a job, get me a better job than the one I've got right now. Because, geez, he was awful. I knew he was awful at West Ham. And when he signed for us, I just, like... (laughs) Just think, why? Why so on bad. earth are you signing him for us? I put him in the say, I, you know, obviously th- this is probably a bad comparison, but it's the same as like David Luiz. When I saw him play for the first time, I was like, that guy can't be a foot- professional footballer. He makes so many mistakes. He's just a liability the whole time. How can he continue to have a career at the top level? And then he goes on and wins Champions League and whatever. Obviously, Madibo goes in the other direction and signs for us and barely features. But... Oh my god, that was a shocking time. I mean, it just sums up the sort of scattergun Harry Redknapp transfer policy. But he was awful. Like it's just painful thinking about the way he played football. Stop it. That against Burnley. Yeah, yeah, I think we drew three all or something. Yeah. I, I think I think that day it was. That, that game, yeah. I think that day, I think it was Ravel's debut, Maiga's debut, and Kevin Doyle's debut. And I think all three of them scored. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe nah. Maiga won't be so bad. <laughs> so, who are we going with? I'm tempted to go Rob Hulse because I think the thing that speaks to me about that, I think you summed up pretty well, is that okay, Madibo was a very bad player, but he played in a team that was hot nonsense let's say and it was carried by one or two players but Rob Hulse played in one of the best QPR teams in the last 20 years really let's be honest and you have yeah. like the likes of uh, like you said Forlan, Tarat 
all these fantastic players that are going to create so many chances for you and you fail to get anywhere, fail to score a goal. So it, it, I think it has to be Rob Hulse for me. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, so we'll just put him in. My terrible handwriting. Okay. Um, let's think about the bench now. Can Maybe not. he wasn't the worst player, but were you at all tempted, Micah, to include Jerry Barton? Um, <clears throat> I've got to be honest, with, in my heart, I was desperate to include him, but my head said in 2013-14, he was a very important part of our team. Um I, I was tempted. I do hate him. My, my dislike for Joey, Joey Barton is on record. So um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't tempted. Is there anyone that you wish was in the team as well that perhaps hasn't been picked from your suggestions? Um, Maiga definitely is one of them. Uh, Will Keane is another one. Um if I go back and think about it. Ironically, Danny Perea was awful for us, but um, I feel like that would be a little bit harsh because he, considering some of the centre midfielders that we've had at the club, I feel like it'd be harsh to put him in there. Um, oh, you said somebody in centre midfield. I've totally forgotten who you said, but I remember when you said it. Uh, Jordan Much? Jordan Much. Jordan Much was terrible for us. Jordan Mutz is definitely one that should be on the bench, for sure. Okay, so let's start. By the way, uh, Lucas has had to leave us. Uh, he's got other things on that are apparently more important than putting together our worst ever QPR 11. Um, <laughs> so, in goal, did you have any other suggestions for the bench? Do you know what? I don't, because I the thing with... Julio Cesar is, as much as he is remembered badly and maybe didn't live up to expectations, he was never that bad. And I do remember in the January of 2013, he was actually nominated for Player of the Month because I think we beat Chelsea, we drew with Spurs, uh, we had like a narrow defeat to Man City and he was like man of the match in all of those games. So I I understand the the hatred and the bad feeling towards Julio Cesar, especially because of the whole Chelsea shirt thing, but I'd never actually thought he was that bad for us. Well, um, so, so who, who I, I, instead? I don't know, to be honest. We haven't really had a lot of bad... We've had, like, mediocre ones, okay ones, like Radak Cherny, he was okay. And, um, I love Radak, you know. don't... <laughs> I liked him, but you know, you, you know, like Paddy yeah. Kenny came in. That was that's it was an upgrade on him. Um, he he was okay. He wasn't bad, you know. Um, I'd have to go really far back to like Simon Royce or somebody, and I don't remember Simon Royce too well, so it's hard for me to think of. Yeah, think of one. I would certainly argue for. Um, and he got mentioned last week, but I, I thought Rob Green when he came back when we came back down was awful. Like, I don't know what it was, but in the season, in the space of a se- of like, um, you know, a, a break in between the two seasons, he had changed as a player and he was rubbish. Yeah. Purely, but, yeah. but I don't know if you can sort of justify him going in. It's hard, isn't it? Because that playoff final performance is yeah. currently... It's Did tough. We... We, we, haven't, weirdly, we haven't had a lot of bad goalkeepers, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, some people would say Kelly or Lumley, but I just don't think that's valid. Not really fair. Not really fair. Should we go it's with tough. no goalkeeper then and just hope that Ingram doesn't get injured? <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't get injured. So yeah, I'm, only, I'm happy to go through this. Not only is this a bad 11, this is just bad selection practice as well. <laughs> <laughs> the team's unbalanced. Harry Redknapp, the manager then. Redknapp or Hughes is the manager for sure. Oh, oh, it's definitely Hughes. I mean, I don't like Redknapp, but oh, God, Hughes is way, way worse. <laughs> Most of these um, guys have got the same agent as him anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's go through defenders. Who who else did do we want? Uh, 
I'm writing one in now. I want Chris Samba there. Chris Samba's a good shout. Deserves to be there. Um, who are the other suggestions for left back? Uh, Fabio. Fabio. Fabio was a good team. He was just so bad. I couldn't believe he actually played for a team that had won the league. Yeah, there's another player that, I mean, like, who you sort of think, how have you made yourself a career just sort of profiting off of Man United, basically, um, and somehow getting, you know, for as much as Alex Ferguson is obviously a brilliant manager and he made average players a lot better, and I guess that's a sign of a brilliant manager, but he did kind of, he didn't have the best judgment at times, did he? Mm, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird with him, isn't it? He remembered a lot for the good signings, but there were some terrible players that went through Man United. In yeah, time. and being one of them. I mean, you know, it's just an opinion, isn't it? And he's not exactly the. He's not going to get it right every single time, but there's some real weird ones in there. I guess in 25 years, you have to have a couple bad signings, don't you? Yeah. Um, you may not like this, but do you think some people would want to have Ravel Morrison in there for its second spell, perhaps? Nah, only because I think there are worse than him mm. that have come through the club. Um, the second spell wasn't good, but I think he only played like three games, so it'd be kind of harsh to... I think he got progressively worse after leaving us. He had his best, possibly the best part of his career at us. He was very... Yeah. I mean, he'll tell you that. Well, yeah, I don't know if you've seen. He did an interview with uh, Rio Ferdinand about a year ago in the last lockdown, and I don't think it's common knowledge actually. He spoke about what happened after he left QPR, and um, this is going a bit off topic. But um, if anyone wants to listen to it, just type in Rio Ferdinand Ravel Morrison. But he essentially says that he went back to Q, went back to West Ham. And Big Sam told him, look, we uh, we want to send you on loan. Like, you're, you're not going to play here this season. We're just sending you out. And he was like, right, okay, then. Um, I want to go play for QPR then. And uh, he called Harry Redknapp and was like, look, Harry, they, they're not playing me at West Ham. I don't want to play for any other club other than West Ham if it's not QPR. And Harry was like, yeah, we know. We're trying to like sign you, but Big Sam won't let you go. He's not letting you go to QPR. He won't let you play for another Premier League team. And he got shipped out to Cardiff, I think, or something. Yeah. And he says from there, like he just kind of just lost his passion and he just the whole politics of football and stuff just made him fall out of love with the game. And the thing it's is, a shame because... No, I remember go on, go on. at the playoff final, he wasn't in the starting eleven. He was even in the squad. I'm not even sure. He's on the bench, yeah. He's on the bench. Because we had, like, you know, for some reason, Yossi Ben-Ayoun was also a QPR player at the time. So we had so many just random players. But I remember thinking, God, I think that's a mistake, not playing him. That's how important he was at the time. He Mm. kind of just had a little bit of spark about him in a pretty bland team. I think he would have come on. I think the circumstances of the game, because obviously... um, Who got injured? Uh, Nico Crancher got injured after, like, 10 minutes, didn't he? Yeah. And um and obviously Gary O'Neill got sent off, but I th- I think he probably would have come on at some point, like had the game gone a bit differently. But it's a shame because I I think he would have done all right for us in the Premier League off the yeah. back of that end of the season. Um, so are we happy with just two? I think with the amount of central midfielders, I think we need to have more than one. So I'm happy with Fabio and Samba being our defenders. Yeah. Um, Jordan Mutt's got to go in there. Yeah, let's me. make up the numbers with, with for the lack of goalkeeper here. Definitely Jordan Mutch. Again, another player that I thought at the time, decent signing, turned out to be utter rubbish. Uh, mm-hmm. The other options I've got here, D, well, you're not going with Diakite, Dyer, uh, Granero, Toza, Cousins, or Gladwin. I mean, Gladwin probably go in. Yeah. I suggested him. I think... Gladwin, yeah, and I think just off the fact that Kieran Dyer spent that whole summer telling people I'm not injury prone, you know, I'm going to prove it at QPR that I can stay fit for a season. And then six minutes, six minutes into his QPR career, season-ending injury. It's just, it's, I just, it's, too, QPR, it's too QPR. 
I did a little uh, article about him when our generation started way back when. And I kind of, it was meant to, I kind of did a few on players around this sort of time, looking into where they went after QPR and what happened mm-hmm. with their careers. Um, and it may not be the best read ever, but I kind of found it interesting looking through interviews and stuff like that. Like you said, he said that it was an injury prone. And then he went on to somewhere else afterwards and claimed that his injuries were on well, because of the QPR medical team, which he had claimed. And then before he joined QPR, he had claimed that it was the, I think it was West Ham we signed him from. It was the West Ham in medical team's fault. So there's this long chain of blame punching <laughs> down all these, these difficult medical teams who are probably saying, why are we signing this guy? Well, I could tell you right now, we don't need to <laughs> sign him. We don't, why would we want to sign him? And like you said, uh, he went down injured after six minutes and that was him done pretty much for his career. And the crazy thing is he bet he hadn't played a game for us. His contract was running out and we give him a year. Did we actually? Yeah. Oh my word. It, it oh was awful. Like it's the most, I don't like remember say, that. It's the most QPR thing ever. Like he had barely, he hadn't played for us in two seasons or something. And we thought, yeah, we'll give him another one. Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh my God, I'm cringing. I didn't even know we did that. I genuinely didn't know that we did that. Oh my yeah. God. So that's oh uh, some lovely <laughs> Kieran Dyer information. Well, um, just in response to the thing you said about your article as well. Um, it is interesting, like, from that era and up until recently, I think everybody that has left QPR has gone on to worse things. I don't think anybody's ever, until recently, there was a period where all those players that left, none of them moved up. It was sideways at best. Well, yeah, because everything, they were all at their end of their careers and it was a one final stop on the gravy train mm. before... I mean, you know, there's a way you go about it because I always think football is such a short career and, you know, if you are like Kieran Dyer, you put a lot of effort into it and then all of a sudden you you can't play because your body just can't cope with it. That's a, mm. that's a hard thing to take as a professional footballer because you realise that your career is ending and it's sort of like, what is life beyond football? For the yeah. top players now, that's not going to be a problem. But you go down the leagues and that does become a problem. Like they're going to have mm. to go back to living normal lives, if that's the right word to use. So I can understand some players come in to play places for one last paycheck. But there's a way, just like <clears throat> you as a player have got to have some sort of pride in the way yeah. that you play. How can you just phone it in if you care about your career so much to sort of try and get this last gasp, then actually endear yourself to fans? Because one of the most loved QPR players was incredibly doubted at the time he signed. He's before our time. Um, and I've forgotten his name and it's really embarrassing now. Here we go. No, he, here we go. I remember now. He, he was really, he was, People said he was a crab when he signed. It was Ray Wilkins. And you just have to see uh, yeah. the videos of what a fantastic footballer that man was. Mm. And he came right at the end of his career. He could have been there for the money, whatever. I'm not sure. But he certainly wasn't. And he look, you look at the way he played. My dad sort of admitted he thought we shouldn't have been signing him because he looked like he was an old past it player. And he turned up and he was fantastic. My dad. My dad will be relieved to hear that as well because he always goes on about how he thought Ray Wilkins was going to be rubbish. And he was he was ex-Chelsea as well, I believe. Yeah, Massive Chelsea player. But then becomes mm. a massive legend at QPR. And um, he's obviously well-loved by a lot of like, older QPR fans. And I think his career at QPR goes slightly under the radar because it, people remember him for being so... Because he was always on Sky Sports as a Chelsea pundit. You mm. kind of forget that he's QPR as well. And you just look mm. some of those goals, it was just sort of like one touch and they just fly into the top corner. Like that absolute mm. quality player. Did he play? I think he played for Man United as well, didn't he? I've got to be honest, I don't know. I don't, he, yeah. I don't know much. Other so, than obviously 
he was Chelsea and then he came to us. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a way to go about it and you can't just phone it in at the end of your career. So I can kind of have some sympathy for some players coming in to try and get as much out of their career as possible, but you've got to put the effort in as well. Um, mm. Let's have a look at wingers. Um, two players that I didn't mention. Uh, Kazenga Luarua. Oh, good shout. Good shout. And uh, Eduardo Vargas. Oof. Vargas was a fantastic player on FIFA. Very cheap on Ultimate Team, you know. Brilliant for building that. But in reality, in when he came to play for us, him and Isla, we, you know, we signed them off the back of the World Cup. You know, everyone was signing someone from the World Cup. So we went and the World, World Cup. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we went and got two players from Chile. On, again, on paper, um, Vargas probably should have been better than he was. Um, Isla kind of thrown to the wolves because he was meant to play as a right wing back a so that we could accommodate yeah. Ferdinand and then we ditched that formation. So, like, yeah, that's, um, why, I, that's why I have sympathy for, for Isla. Yeah, in that regard. I have sympathy for Vargas a little bit as well. I just think he came to the club and I don't think Redknapp knew what his best position. He played striker, he played left wing, he played 10. I don't think Redknapp really knew what his best position was. So I, th- I think I'm going to go with Lualua on that one. Yeah, I remember... Uh, it was... Partly because I had Vargas's name on the back. Do you remember the white third kit we had? Yes, I've got uh, Zamora's I... name on the back of that. Yeah, I had Austin on the home kit and I got the away kit for Christmas and I had Vargas on the back. So that might be a little bit biased on my part. That's fair enough. But... I remember we signed uh, Maro Zarate at the same time, didn't we? Oh, yeah. There's another... I forgot about that. He was another player, very cheap on Ultimate Team. Yeah, dynamic. <laughs> but in real yeah. life, crap. Um, yeah, Luar Luar is one of these Holloway signings where I was so. I mean, you know, we all love Ian, but my God, why did he keep playing him? He was so bad. Holloway made some. I love. We all love Ollie, but he made some. Odd decisions in that second spell that he made some weird, weird choices in that second spell. Okay, one, one, more. one more for the bench. Who's who do you want it to be? Let's just go for anyone. The striker, it has to be Maiga. He deserves he deserves a place in the QPR Hall of Shame. And that's what this is. This is a massive Hall of Shame moment. So, well, just to run you... himself very lucky not to be in this. I will say that. Uh, so, let's just run through the team one last time. Matt Ingram and goal, Benoit Aswicotto, Joel Lynch, Seth Raymond, and Jose Basingua, Nasser El Khati, Jisung Park, Sean Goss, and Sean Wright Phillips, Connor Washington, and Rob Hulse up front. And on the bench, Chris Samba, Fabio, Jordan Much, Ben Gladwin, Kieran Dyer, Kazenga Luarua, and Modibo Maiga. Very quickly, Michael, where would you expect this team to finish in the championship? Oh, in the championship, I was going to say they would win League Two at a canter, but um, <laughs> championship, <laughs> championship. Uh, I would say they would finish less on less points than Derby with the points deduction. So, yeah. How many points have Derby got at the moment? Two. One point for QPR, I would say, for this One team. One point. Pulling no punches. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of it for this week. Uh, yet again, we've had a, a fun time. We've we'll go back to our regular regular scheduled podcasting after next week if the Bournemouth game does go ahead. Um, sorry for uh, sorry for the lack of preview, but uh, I'm going to be honest. We you know we decided not. To, when I say we, I said I mean me. Uh, I decided <laughs> that we weren't going to do it uh, just in case they cancelled it last minute again. Um, so there, there was a few notes that Dan sent to me about it, but it was something, something gag and press, don't let them do it, or something. <laughs> like that. So it wasn't, weren't really, you know, worthwhile reading. Um, Micah, did you have anything else to say, promote, do anything? Uh, no, but uh, to keep an eye out, I will be coming up with something hopefully in the new year. It's going to be a little more. Um, QPR centric, just focusing on different things around the club, sort of the culture of the club, 
It's coming in the new year. I haven't got much of a preview because I forgot I said that I was going to um, talk about it this week. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just, just keep an eye out. Um, yeah, hopefully for the last part of the year, I'll have something for you guys. So, yeah. Cool. Um, I assume, like, to stay up to date with that sort of thing, it'd be your Twitter. Yeah, it'll be a whole, a whole new Twitter account and stuff. So, yeah, just keep, okay. keep an eye out. Uh, but for the time being, you can be found at at not Micah underscore. Is that yeah, correct? That is uh, me. That is me. Um, there's not a lot. It's more of my personal Twitter accounts. There's not a lot of QPR stuff on there, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, if you want to follow me and like read Marvel conspiracy theories and stuff, then yeah, I'm your guy. <laughs> uh, also, I can be found at Alex Bullimore 3 on Twitter and if you go on there you'll find a link to uh, something uh, called a Substack which I was inspired to do this by Dan who does his uh, analysis of QPR games and how poorly we're defending against Gagan Press sides. I mean he it gets boring eventually not really but um, I, I've started That's one a good one. Good. Yeah it's, it's good stuff from Dan and I've started one on based around English cricket, uh, talking a lot about the Ashes at the moment. Uh, so there's... Fun. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing but like a big laugh, you know, <laughs> not, not depressing at all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a little article up about the second test in Adelaide. If you are cricket-minded, please give it a read. I very much appreciate it. Uh, so that's it all from us. Uh, thank you very much for listening for another week. and. Uh, hopefully you'll come back again soon.